everybody. Welcome back to the Sons of Saturday. It is uh, Patrick Finn and Billy Ray Mitchell. We are here recording on this Sunday evening. Bill, how you doing, my friend? I had a great Sunday. Pops whipped up some ham, some 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 rice, some green beans, had a nice little workout today. Berkner Bill workout class. We got a hashtag. That's not it, but it's up on the Twitter sphere. And then we got the Michael Jordan documentary tonight, so I'm fired up about that. Love to hear that. Well, we have a, a very special guest coming on here uh, in a couple minutes, Joey Sly. If you don't know him, where you been? Former Hokies kicker, current kicker for the Carolina Panthers. I had a great interview with Joey. Uh, pretty funny here and there at some bits, but uh, really loved having him on. So that was great. But as we start off every show, got to kick it off with the Hokie, the Hokie Haiku. Brought to you by our friends at the Main Street Pharmacy. Lord Dr. Jeremy Counts is our man there. He's got everything restocked. They got toilet paper. They got homemade hand sanitizer. They got regular hand sanitizer by the Purell brand. I don't even know what other brands they got, but they got them. In addition to that, (laughs) head on down to Main Street Pharmacy. They will answer all of your COVID-19 questions. Jeremy's a great guy. He will answer all of your anti-Matt Ryan questions as well. But uh, got to support local business in these times. We love shouting out Main Street Farm. We love shouting out Sharkies. And uh, we're going to bring you a hokey haiku. I said it right there this time, Bill. Hokey haiku. Kind of a tongue twister. <laughs> this is submitted by Aunt Ro, a.k.a. Roisin Burford, my aunt, who is a teacher at Robinson High School. Oh. Ro- Robinson Secondary School. Uh, I think she teaches seventh grade algebra. Correct me if I'm wrong, Aunt Row. But Tristan Lee is a student at Robinson. So uh, oh, wow. think about that. I'm, I'm pretty sure she taught him as well back in the day. He's kind of a big deal now. He's a five-star offensive lineman recruit. So anywho, Hokies for 32, always in our loving hearts, we remember them. So we got a lot of talk, lot to talk about here over the next few minutes, but uh, want to start it out with uh, just recognizing uh, that April sixteenth was this past week. It's been thirteen years since the tragedy uh, in two thousand seven, and uh, we we saw a lot of incredible um, posts from all of Hokie Nation the entire uh, later half of the week. Uh, VT Rec Sports did a phenomenal job of rallying together the Virginia Tech community and getting everyone up on this Stridekick app. You register on the app, and uh, collectively, I think we ran, was it 82,000 miles? As it was around uh, 82, somewhere between 82 and 86, but um, I mean, it was unbelievable, and, and I had several conversations with former players and, and, and people that didn't go to Virginia Tech, and uh, every time 416 rolls around, it brings out the the best of the Virginia Tech community and is just a reminder of how great of a school we go to and how strong that community is. Um, and it always uh, kind of embodies that. Um, but an absolutely incredible job by VT Rec Sports and Hokies all around the world. 
Yeah, I, I will say that um, VT Rec Sports did a great job, and I think the community in general just does a great job of remembering those 32 Hokies that we lost on that day. You know, whether it's a Facebook post of uh, that Humans of Virginia Tech post where every single picture it goes through, um, you know, each victim and their bio, and then, uh, you know, other social media pictures that we saw uh, submitted mm-hmm. as well. Um, you know, it's just a great way to keep their memory uh, going on. So, it was pretty yep. cool because I know we were we were asking for your submissions. Uh, VT32 run and hashtag runs of Saturday VT. And uh, a lot of folks were tagging us in their posts. I think we got 70 submissions from Instagram. I think we got a whole lot more from Twitter. And, um, you know, you guys, we're going to be sending out some DMs for hats and T-shirts that we're going to uh, send to our favorite ones that were submitted. Uh, big shout out. Jenna Parker was running all the way in Bogota, Colombia, I think it's Bogota. Actually, I don't know how the correct pronunciation <laughs> of that Colombian city, but um, they have very strict restrictions about uh, if you're allowed to go outside or not. And I think she ran around her block like over 15 times. So huge shout out to Jenna and everyone else who got out there, did their 3.2. And uh, one more quick hitter I got to give uh, to my brother Brian. I did my 3.2 on Saturday and I said, Hey, if you beat my pace, go on the sons of Saturday website and I'll let you, I'll I'll buy you whatever you want off of there. And lo and behold, he comes back two hours later and he's like, he shows me his watch and he ran it at a 6:20 pace, which was, I think it was, I guess under 21 minutes. It was like 20 minutes and 30 seconds or something. Uh, It was incredible. But yeah, just an awesome and uh, incredible opportunity to see this community come together over this past weekend. Absolutely. Um, Aside from that, just another note uh, to update you all. We are still um, doing the Virginia Tech season ticket giveaway. We're just seeking some more clarity on the season um, just so that hasn't been forgotten about, but that's still something that we're uh, going to reach out to you uh, soon about just seeking some more clarity on the season. Um, but moving right along into hokey headlines here, Pat, we haven't we haven't let the peacock fly in quite some time here. We haven't had a get off my lawn conversation, um, but there was an article that came out in the Roanoke Times today, and we're just going to I'm going to open up the uh, the cage here and just uh, let you let you go to work here. So just to tee you up here, Pat, today, April 19th, 2020, updated six hours ago, Mike Niziolak, excuse the butchering if there is any, that's a tough name, uh, put out an article. Essentially, the headline was former Tech quarterback Ryan Willis reveals injuries turned 2019 into worst case scenario. Essentially, what the article said to summarize, give it a read yourself before you comment on it, okay? Essentially what it said, though, is that Ryan Willis was dealing with serious injuries, whether it was a uh, excruciatingly painful turf toe, which he said was the worst uh, injury he's had in his athletic career, was also dealing with uh, some shoulder injury complications that he had before the Cincinnati game, and essentially was saying that the Duke game, there was no reason that he should have played. He had no business playing because of how injured he was, but his nature and personality didn't allow him to do so. Pat, I'll preface this by saying that I wish Ryan Willis nothing but the best in his future endeavors and pursuing the NFL and having a career out of football, um, you know, wherever his paths take him. 
He was an outstanding Hokie, and he did a lot for us, especially in the 2018 season, winning some games down the stretch, in particular the UVA game. In addition to that, Ryan Willis was also a great teammate for when Hendon Hooker was named the starter and Quincy Patterson was getting multiple snaps uh, at quarterback as well. Uh, Willis was nothing but a great teammate and a great supporting member of the quarterback room, and he even came in and have a, had a terrific moment against Carolina right before halftime through the fade to Hazleton uh, in the south end zone, which was incredible too. However... There is a very large difference between playing hurt and playing injured. And if this is the worst injury that Ryan Willis has ever had in his athletic career, then I'm sorry. You got to say, Coach, I need a blow. I cannot participate. And Coach Fuente says it himself. I mean, you know, you think of when he had to dismiss guys from the team uh, from a few years ago. He says, if you're going to put yourself before the team, I'm going to choose the team every time. You have to put the team's best interests before yours. This is a team sport. You are the, the quarterback of this team. If you don't go out there on the field having the we before me mentality, then you should not be on the field, especially with the amount of talent that we have on the sideline in Hendon Hooker and Quincy Patterson, okay? Let's talk about this Duke game and the perception of how important this Duke game was too. This was, uh, I think it was September 25th, 2019. We're 2-1. We had the loss at BC and uh, had just beaten Old Dominion and Furman off of two very, you know, lackluster performances by the team. And the Duke game was kind of like, all right, you know, ACC opponent at home on a Friday night. Uh, let's see what we can do here. Maybe our team is going to show up. And our quarterback out there, who's supposed to be the leader on the team, is the most injured he's ever been in his entire athletic career. That's not good at all. Okay? The Duke game. We go out there and we lose 45-10. to 10. In arguably, given the circumstances, you know, the worst loss in Virginia Tech history, maybe. Pro- arguably the deepest valley we had since the the bull streak started. I remember walking out of that stadium at you know at it was the lowest point in my career of being a tech fan. It's like where do we go from here? Think about who was in the stands that night. Think about all the 2020 and 2021 recruits who were in the stands because it was the only time they were going to get to Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, it being a night game, right? How many of those recruits at the Duke game was like, okay, I don't. I don't really know if I want to come here. They just got blown out their only night game of the year by 35 points to a basketball school that has inferior athletes on their team. Drive for 25 was rolling here too. Drive for 25, although I don't know what the results were, but uh, you know, a, a win in a Friday night game at home over an ACC opponent is nothing but fuel to the drive for 25 fire. <laughs> you lose by 35. I feel like... After that game, our program was like set back a couple years. That's what people were thinking. Now, I know we're in a different spot now than we were then. But if you guys go back to your social media, to your text messages, to your emails, to your whatever, on September 26th and that entire week after before that, uh, before that Miami win in Coral Gables, things were a lot different. That Duke game said a lot. Remember seeing uh, seeing Herb Street and Fowler and all of them on game day uh, on the plane, and Herb Street was like almost crying because he felt so bad for the position our program was in. I mean, recruiting momentum, fan base momentum, drive for twenty five momentum. Hell, Justin Fuentes 
job could have been on the line. Do you know how many meetings were probably had in Virginia Tech alumni world about like, hey, what what are we going to do about this if this continues to go downhill because of this Duke game? If Hendon Hooker starts the Duke game, if Hendon Hooker plays that Duke game, we could be looking at much different coastal implications. We could be looking at a New Year's Six Bowl and a vastly different uh, perception of our program than today, you know, being in a bigger bowl game. And things would just be so much different. So I get being competitive. I get wanting to be the grittiest guy out there. And I I get all that. But at the end of the day, you have to put the team first. So I don't know what you guys thought about seeing that article. I know Ryan Willis will always be a hokey. I will always remember that 2018 UVA game. But this was not a uh, not a positive feather in uh, in his cap, in my opinion. So looking at the article... I saw a couple, a couple different things. And Ryan Willis did have some good quotes in here talking about – he said that he loved his time at Virginia Tech. He was happy for Hendon uh, as he led Virginia Tech moving forward after that game. But he also mentioned grit as the team's catchphrase, and he wanted embodied grit. I get that. Another team's catchphrase is hard, smart, and tough. And being smart is crucially important. Um, I'm going to – just some examples of other players who – were smarter about a situation like this. Trey Turner sat uh, against Miami the week after this game because he had a hamstring. And other guys step up. Dalton Keene steps up. Tavion Robinson steps up. Um, James Mitchell steps up. Uh, Caleb Farley against Kentucky. Granted, we lost the game, but he knew he couldn't go. He sat, and then somebody else had an opportunity to play, get reps, and probably play better than Caleb would have if he, with the back problem. Nobody else is questioning his grit or his toughness. Nobody's questioning Trey Turner's grit or toughness. Um, so in all, I think what it really comes down to is hiding injuries is not smart. Um, it's not encouraged. Uh, there is so much more than just I want to play because I feel like I need to that goes into it. It's a business. There are coaches that depend on – finding a way to win the game, knowing their team and what's available to them, how they're feeling, what's going on, so that they can make an educated decision on who needs to be on the field. Um, and again, it's a healthy balance of judging hurt versus injured. But again, I'm not wishing him anything but success moving forward. That's really all I have from it. Yeah. At the end of the day, playing injured versus playing hurt, two completely different things. Pat, one more thing. You know, you know, I I'm not a big revisionist history guy, but... There definitely is something to be said about that, right? Is the New Year's Six Bowl and all the implications and getting other people reps. You always want to have your best 11 out there on the field and coaches have the right to know the information of what's going on. But it is what it is. We're moving on. Um, So that was that article. Uh, In terms of good reporting stuff that has come out over the last few hours, Justice Reed, all caps in the Google Doc here, boom. That's big news, Pat. Justice Reed announced on Twitter that he was joining Virginia Tech as a graduate transfer from Youngstown State. He played in 12 games last year for the Penguins, had 42 tackles and 12 and a half sacks. I don't know. I don't know if I can check my math on that, Jay, but that's uh, that's over a sack. That's a lot, which is uh, multiple sacks. So Justice Reed, look at this guy. He looks like a grown man. Well, you know why? It's because he is a grown man. 
He uh, originally was at Florida and transferred to Youngstown State. He's from Clearwater, Florida. But we got the Ohio to Virginia Tech connection going on with that Youngstown move. And he's going to be very effective. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see a guy like this uh, on the edge, 6'3", 270. A, uh, I guess like a development project type for Tap and Tierlink. You got Tap who says, hey, I just played 12 seasons in the league. And then you got Tierlink who said, hey, I just coached in the league for a long time. We're going to get you there. We're going to make you a draft pick and you're going to walk up on that stage one day. So uh, that's going to be awesome. And I'm really excited to have a guy like Justice Reed to just have an immediate impact right away, you know, because we get these, we get these three stars, we get these four stars and we talk about them, you know, redshirting or needing another year developing or sitting, you know, in the two deep, this guy's going to start right away, but don't take my word for it. Just go ahead and watch the film. Yeah. A couple other tidbits. I read an article and I hate, I hate that. I don't remember. It was either a 24, I think it was a 24 seven article uh, with two great tidbits. He actually said that out of all the schools that I spoke with, um, coach Tierlink and coach tap seem like they were the most ready to, or they seem like the best fit to help me get to where I want to be as a player, which is awesome. Um, that's why we brought them in and we talked about that. Um, and then also he was, he mentioned that he didn't want to step on the toes of 416. So he waited the extra day to commit. So a lot of people are on Twitter like, Oh, is something going to happen today? And he had the situational awareness, sons of situational awareness, to uh wait the extra day so we love that we love that pat i'm gonna take that sons of situational awareness to the next power because he's wearing number four in all these commitment pictures and whatnot and then someone says hey is he gonna take number four i know that's chief dax's number uh dax hollifield and justice reed says nah man that's bro's number like justice reed's gonna get his own number but uh, i thought that was cool too he's already uh he just gets the situation he's reading the room really well and uh, probably will emerge as a leader on this team uh, as the oldest guy in the locker room. Merrily, we roll along here to some more recruiting news. Philip Riley, four-star uh, defensive back out of Florida, originally out of Washington State. Uh, the crystal balls were rolling up. They were getting stacked real high over this weekend. Uh, Steve Wiltfongs went in on Saturday. I think there's eight crystal balls in for Philip Riley to commit to Virginia Tech. And all signs are pointing at him committing on Wednesday, April 22nd. Uh, so that should be real exciting. He is going to uh, be one of the first defensive backs of this 2021 class. He's uh, rated at 0.90. He has offers from uh, Washington, Minnesota, and then uh, I know Florida State was in the mix as well, but things are looking real good for the Orange and Maroon. Huge. I got to say, I can't remember um, the last time that we've had – we've had a really nice long string of really positive recruiting news. It's been fun. It's been fun hopping on the Twitter machine. People aren't really angry about anything. Um, it's, 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 there's a lot of momentum. Like we keep saying momentum. There's real tangible momentum. It's palpable. It's palpable. Well, Bill, you know what? Guess what? What? We got more. There's more. Wait, there's more. <laughs> Grad transfer season, the Mike Young era. Get your popcorn ready. We got cold drinks waiting. A guy from Iowa. His name is Cordell Pempsey. He's a 6'9 grad transfer uh, forward coming over from Iowa. He says, I've had enough corn. I want to get over to Southwest Virginia because, uh, 
it's time to eat some Virginia ham. So we got him coming through. He averaged uh, he's averaged six points, four rebounds over the course of his career. Uh, I think this guy could be a difference maker as far as giving us some great bench minutes and giving us some quality minutes when we need them uh, just from a size perspective. I mean, he's played in the Big Ten. He's played against great competition in the past. He knows what it's like playing in a conference uh, that is highly competitive. Iowa was really good this year. Uh, They had Luca Garza, who was a Wooden Award finalist. So he's been playing around some uh, highly talented guys, highly competitive guys. And another piece of this 2020-2021 puzzle for the Mike Young era. He said the two reasons he wants to come to Virginia Tech is that he wants to play in the ACC and he wants to get his master. So good for him and welcome Cordell. We can't wait to have you. I was reading an article on uh, Iowa Hawkeye Big 12.com or whatever they put their articles on and two words that I loved uh, that came out muscle and fire. Um, sounds like him and uh, our guy Radford will be good friends. A little more muscle, a little more fire. I lo- I'll tell you two buzzwords that I love about guys and a Big 12 basketball player. Come on over. Come on over. And then uh, here we go into the Sons of Utprosum shout out because this was terrific. So we had a uh, we had a fundraiser go out there, and uh, it was for the Blacksburg Interfaith Food Pantry, Montgomery Food Pantry, um, and we set this up. Our original goal was six hundred dollars, and we put it out there, and that goal was smashed immediately. So then we moved the needle a little bit. We moved the goalposts. We said, "All right, what about you know twelve hundred or fifteen hundred? Before you know it, we're like, all right, Bill, all right, Grayson, let's move this, let's move this goal to three thousand dollars because we got an awesome group of Hokies listening to the Suns, following us on the on the medias, and we could definitely smash that goal because we got a lot of people who like to give back. And before you knew it, we were at three thousand fifty dollars or whatever we wound up with. Uh, so that was really, really cool. Um, we got to give our shout outs, everyone who contributed. Thank you so much. Uh, it was a great time being able to do this. And we want to roll this out, you know, once a quarter, a couple times a year, uh, you know, find a, a opportunity to give back to the Blacksburg, New River Valley uh, community. So a uh, big shout out to David Miller. He put it out on the 24-7 boards. And uh, I know some guys on there got involved. Got to shout out CZY Hokie and 24-7 in general. Uh, we love Matei, Evan Watkins. Uh, they actually ended up pinning it. And um, to be honest, like you said, Pat, we had no idea what to expect. Um, we've been kicking around the Sons Voot Prosum idea. Uh, our man Alex Jones threw, uh, threw us together a real nice logo. And we were blown away by the excitement generated by it. Tyler Austin was out here giving play-by-play updates all uh, all weekend, which was which was a ton of fun. Um, and this is something that, granted, we could have we didn't really uh, advertise or, or push as much as we probably should, but everybody else helped pick up the slack there and and, and build momentum. So we're definitely gonna uh, continue and and have future initiatives. But I, I just want to run through these names really quick. We had fifty eight donors uh jump on the board and it was just unbelievable to see pat go ahead with your with your uh with your half here david Rosillo, 
Scott Sangre, Scott Kerchewski, Richard Wharton, David Miller, Rod Sisson, Paul Ivins, Brian Stockmo, Pete Fox, Rick Crawford, Bill Woodley, Josh Little, Ryan Hartman, Danny Facina, Thomas Aruda, Andy Tully, Grady Baker, Connor Baker, Robbie Martin, Kevin Finn, VT Soccer Captain, Bailey Allman, VT Soccer Captain, David Clemens, VT Soccer Captain, Marissa Malirn, Joey Sorrentino. Who do you got for me, Bill? Deep breath. Logan Ross, Tanner Harmon, Ann Castle, Nancy Lapis, Mr. Anonymous, one, two, and three, the Hurl family, Stephanie Gomez Wilson, CZY Hokey, VT Scoop, Nick Totten, Tyler Austin, Carrie Salyer, Old Pete King, Randy Wimbish, Ox VT, John Thomas, Mihul, shout out to Mihul, Paul D, Christian Hall, Chris Douster, Hyatt Hokey, a.k.a. Paul Daly, Beth Barnes, Jeremy Richardson, John Yetzi, the elder, the youngster, we don't know, but shout out the Yetzis, uh, Peter Lacladé, Chris Arvin, Robert Martin, Alex Jones, John Crad, OIG Hokey. Thank you all so very much. We love you, and um, this was really cool. This was really, really awesome, so we appreciate you. We have some more sons of appreciation, Pat. What else do we? What are we appreciating on this uh, Sunday afternoon? We're, we've slowly climbed to four thousand followers on Instagram. If you don't follow us on Instagram, what are you doing? Pull pull up the old pull up the old application on your Steve Jobs mobile, and uh, type in Sons of Sat at Sons of Sat. Give us the follow. We'll follow you back. And uh, we're almost at four thousand on Twitter too. So thanks for sticking around. Thanks for supporting us. It's been a great ride so far, and uh, we're only looking to keep it going. Sons of shout-outery. You talk about one-two punches. Belichick Brady. Tap Tierlink. Beamer Foster. Well, go ahead and add Beth Squared to that list right away. Beth Barnes and Beth Clark threw together a tail zoom for the spring game. And this thing was off the chain. We had screen sharing uh uh um what are they called the uh powerpoint powerpoints yes we had zoom share powerpoints or google slides whichever you prefer uh we had hokey celebrities coming in coach fuente made an appearance coach tap bo knows isaiah ford and trey turner were on for actual hours on the Zoom meeting, uh, Quincy Patterson doing his Instacart thing in Chicago, which was fantastic. Shout out to Quincy. Uh, Terrell Smith had a cameo and woke up uh, Jeremy Webb, who was trying to catch some Zs. Um, but uh, and Trey Turner was playing some COD, just playing Call of Duty and hanging out with the hoax, which was which was unreal. Um, I set up my, my, uh, my laptop outside. I was in the middle of getting my 2%. They watched me shoot some hoops, miss some hoops, whatever. Um, but serious business. That's, that was really, really cool. Just another moment. How many schools are throwing together zoom tailgates and how many coaches and coaching staffs are are popping in to say hello. So I thought, I thought that was a really, uh, a really cool thing. Yeah. Seeing Fuente just pop him him and him and his daughters and, uh, Jenny just pop in. (laughs) was <laughs> hilarious because it was at the very beginning not many people had joined yet <laughs> it's like hey guys we're just like oh <laughs> would you like a drink <laughs> here try <laughs> would you like some chick-fil-a <laughs> what, what did you bring to the tailgate <laughs> so that was awesome but yeah great weekend great week for the Hokies and uh thanks for listening everybody here is Joey Sly 
sons and daughters, thanks so much for joining us on uh, Quarantine Week 5, I think, uh, for myself and Billy. We have a very special guest here in the house on the Sons of Saturday. Our first NFL appearance, Joey Sly. Come on down. How you doing, Joey? Good, man. How you doing? Uh, we're doing great. We're happy to have you on. How you been? Uh, just trying to uh, enjoy quarantine as much as possible. Um, been uh, trying to get my Warzone skills back up. Playing a lot of Call of Duty. Um, trying to stay on somewhat of a uh, schedule of sleeping. Um, but sometimes you get a little bit too deep into a couple games and then it's like three o'clock in the morning and you're trying to wake up at like eight <laughs> o'clock. It's not going to happen. So, um, but yeah, just been training, trying to stay ready to go, waiting for the, um, the NFL to release us back to going down to training camp. So we'll see when that happens. So we got to address this too at the top. Happy birthday. An April ber- an April baby as well. Thank you. Both of us are turning twenty four. And as we were doing our our pre pod research, you were born in New Mexico, which I didn't know. How did you go from New Mexico to Virginia? All right. So my dad is a retired Air Force. Okay. So I was born in Albuquerque, New Mexico, when my dad was stationed at Air, uh, Kirkland Air Force Base, and then about six months. I was about six months old. We moved to California for about um, six months, and then we moved to Montana for four years. Mm-hmm. Moved back to California for three years. Then we moved back to Montana for three years, and then we moved out to Virginia back in 2007. So I've wow. been, yeah, when my dad in the Air Force, he moved a lot. Usually, only stay in places for three, four years. So I was bouncing around a little bit, but. That's crazy. I, I didn't know that until we were doing our doing our pre-pod research, but fired up to have you here, and we'll kick it off with uh, with your Virginia Tech career. Obviously, one of the most decorated Virginia Tech kickers. You are our second specialist. Oscar says hello, by the way, so we're, shout- uh, we're excited to have another specialist on. Um, and uh, so you have a unique perspective here. You went from being coached by Coach Beamer and then being coached by Coach Shebist. How would you describe their coaching styles uh, the difference in their coaching styles from learning from both? Um, so the the easiest way I put it was I got that question maybe a hundred times. <laughs> Fuente's first year, every reporter, that was like their first question to come up and talk because you got a living legend and Coach Beamer. And then you have um, Coach Sheba's that had a lot of success at a bunch of different places before coming to Virginia Tech. So my best way to put it um, was Coach, Coach Beamer was a lot more of like a grandpa um like you have like this utmost respect for them even though they may have like never really disciplined you or they just kind of you know what I'm saying hovered over and and made sure everything was okay um not very like authoritative not very like stern on a lot of things but you just had so much respect for them and what they've accomplished that you kind of just like grandpa says to go do whatever you just kind of go do it um where Shebus is a lot more like a like a dad you know what I'm saying he's a little mm-hmm. bit closer in age um but just even the way he dealt with with the guys was a lot of like kind of tough discipline um showing you that he cared for you but also you know it's kind of getting your uh getting in your butt a couple times here and there just to um kind of let you know that this this is still something where it's a performance-based sport and need to be um up to par so that's probably the best way to put it um because even i mean being at practice, the, the drill work comparisons that we did between Coach Chivas and Coach Beamer were completely different. You'd have, and I'm not even just talking about from the kicking side of it, 
Beamer would, would come down and, and come down to the stadium with us and, and we'd kick with him uh, right next to him. So, I mean, he was there with us every single day, every single practice. But Sheebus was up um, getting set for most of the drill work to get the punt team, kick off, kick off return, punt return, ready to go. Um, so my junior and senior year was a lot more um, on my own. He would kind of oversee, like, the charting and stuff we would do. We would send back our reports. But, um, like, we really were kind of on our own, making sure that we were able to kind of be successful just just amongst the specialists. So it was a it was a really cool experience for me. Um, I mean, I kind of got the best of both worlds being two years under one, two years under the other. So I didn't really have a have a favorite at, at one point. So it was it was pretty cool. And over those over those four years, you know, a lot of lot of ups, a lot of downs, a lot of huge wins, huge uh, awesome atmospheres. What are your favorite memories from the four years that uh, that you were at Tech kicking? Um, I mean, I, I think one of the most uh, common answers you'll get, but it's one of the most serious serious answers you'll get is the locker room and camaraderie that you get amongst the teammates is something that um, you can't find uh, anywhere. You know, I mean. Um, when we all grow up, we go into the, the real world, you have jobs and stuff like that. You're working for a company or whatever it might be. Um, you have connections with people and you make friends, obviously, but the, the camaraderie and stuff that you have in a locker room like that, um, is, is awesome. So there's memories like that, that I'll, I'll obviously keep to myself just cause kind of what happens in the locker room stays in the locker room most <laughs> of the time. Um, but what, talking about more performance, performance wise, um, probably my, my favorite memory was the UVA game 2016, uh, Beamer's last year. Um, I had a hell of a game. Um, we're able to send him to his to a bowl game that last year, able to obviously keep the streak alive, all that stuff, all the implications um, that were on that game. But uh, a lot of downs, too. I mean, I had some bad games. We had a bad couple. I mean, our seasons weren't always the greatest. We were 6-6 six and six going into most of our bowl games my freshman and sophomore year. So, um Definitely had some tough games there, um, but yeah, I definitely would say the UVA game was was my favorite experience for sure. Uh, at, at, at playing football at Virginia Tech. So, Joe, you mentioned the camaraderie, and one of my favorite moments uh, from your time actually at Tech was the energy around special teams teams on all the touchbacks that you had during that 2016 <laughs> season uh, when. Uh, we won the Coastal, and I sat in the end zone for the UVA game, the south end zone where the core sits, uh, because they didn't have to come back because it was Thanksgiving, so like anyone could sit down there. So I sat down there in south, and then I also sat in the end zone at the ACC Championship, and I think that the special teams hype and camaraderie on the touchbacks was a super underrated highlight of, uh, of the team of those years i know sean hewell's camp was one of the guys that was you know hyping up the crowd but sure who was like some of the guys that were some of the main hype men from uh, that special teams unit uh 2016 would have been what my junior year so obviously hills camp um like jonathan galante is probably one of the ones i'd put on there i mean even like uh like terrell edmonds jermaine and all them were on those kickoff kickoff teams and a lot of times they would they would get in the huddle right before we go and I mean if they got off of like a hard defensive series or whatever it was they'd be like yo boot this thing out like I ain't trying to go down and make a tackle right now I'm just trying to run in the end zone. Um, so that was it's, it's more of them just kind of getting back up to the speed of the game. But um, yeah, Shebus is actually the one that brought that in. He he was like if we're gonna 
give energy to our uh, defense on the field. Um, as soon as we had touchback, everyone raced down to the end zone so you can get down there first and start hyping up the crowd and bring some intensity because, I mean, a lot of times if you just hit a touchback and no one really says anything, it's kind of like a boring play. It's like, all right, just get this thing over with, get the defense on the field, let's go. Um, but we try to try to have fun with it for a lot of, like like I said, the walk-on guys and some of those uh, those lower scholarship guys that were getting some PT. So. So, Joey, everybody knows, or not everybody knows, a lot of people will notice after each kick, you hold a six up in the air uh, for the Slide Strong Foundation. Just want to give everyone an opportunity to learn a little bit more about that foundation, a little bit more behind the story, and um, how we can help. Yeah, so uh, my brother, uh, AJ, passed away from leukemia back in 2014. Um, He had a 14-month battle with it. Uh, He's my older brother, passed away when he was 20. Um, and he wore number six back in high school. Uh, he was a linebacker. I played linebacker in high school too. We played, played right next to each other his senior year. So, um, for me, the first kick of my career against William Mary was a short little field goal. I hit it, didn't hold up a six, but ever since then, I was kind of like, this is mine. You know what I'm saying? Let me have this moment real quick. And then, um, every other one just kind of dedicated in his honor just to let him know that I'm still thinking about him. Um, and I've also talked about it. it's kind of like when, when me and him would play in the front yard, we play catch, we play soccer, baseball, basketball, football, whatever it might be. Um, it's just always kind of getting myself in that mindset, like I'm just in the front yard playing with him. Uh, so I was just want, want to show some love to him. And um, after he passed away, my family um, and I, we just have kind of had the mentality of continuing his legacy, continuing the his story and what he can do to help people that, that may be in the same situation, um, fighting cancer at some, at some point and, um, or just people that are, that are just good people that, um, are going through some, some adverse situations, adverse times. Um, we try to help them. We do a lot in our community, giving back. We give scholarships every year to, to seniors going off to college and, um, and trying to help in that way. We give, uh, fundraise books, give books at local hospitals to, give people that are that are in the hospital something to do we also donate tablets and stuff like that as well um but yeah we do um so slide strong six slide strong number six um foundation.org um you can find us on there uh we do a golf tournament every year i think we're going to be a little bit uh tied up this year just with the whole situation mm-hmm. everyone in the world's in right now but we usually are able to fundraise about fifteen sixteen thousand dollars every year during that that golf tournament up in uh, northern virginia so if you guys are around and you want to sign up sign up before some and and come out and have a good day and just celebrate life honestly that's what we really like to do just celebrate life celebrate the opportunity to be around your loved ones and stuff like that so um like i said the slash drums number six foundation.org um you can go there you can see my brother's full story on there um, see all the stuff that we've done in the community, like I said, um, shows all the, the seniors and stuff that have received the scholarships, where they're at, what they're doing, um, and stuff like that. So uh, I was just trying to get legacy for sure. We'll be sure to tweet the link out so you can all find it. And also, Beth Barnes wanted to shout you out. We were in the uh, Hokie Tailgate Zoom. She said she loves that your new tattoo. Kind of what, what? Did you just recently get that? You hadn't had the new the new yeah, tattoo. Yeah. So the uh, the got it on my right arm. Um, I had a that's a photo from me and my brother. That was the last game me and him played together. We played for the state semifinal game in his senior year. Um, and so I've been wanting to get that tattoo um, since I have the other two on my back. I got. The, the Slide Strong Six Foundation logo, which is actually a picture of AJ at that same game. 
um, that we've used for a while with him. Um, and then there's also the my brother's headstone. When when he was supposed to get cured, uh, we were going to go get matching tattoos to just kind of commemorate him and, and show that he was able to to get through uh, such a hard time. And um, so once he passed away, we figured we're still going to get those tattoos. So I had I made a, a little picture of a Bible quote that me and him, uh, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another, got that on his headstone, and then I got that on my back. So I have those two on my back. You've seen those in the locker room, obviously, Billy. Um, then the one mm. on my arm, I literally got the day before. <laughs> Actually, well, I was I sat for 16 hours total in two days on that tattoo, sat for 10 hours the day before I signed um, my new contract, and then once I signed my contract, I drove right back up to – to Galax and finished it off, but um, yeah, it was a, uh, it was something I wanted to get done. But obviously, with a piece like that, you want to make sure that it, it looks really, really nice. And um, shout out to Peace Barum Tattoos down at Galax. Dude's a monster. He's done a bunch of guys at Virginia. He did CJ Rivas's uh, tattoo. Mm-hmm. Um, dude's awesome. Does great art and just a good dude to be around. Good family and stuff like that. So fired up to uh to work with you and help you out with uh the Sly Strong Foundation. So thank you for doing that and what an uh, an incredible story. Um switching gears here to the NFL and you have a lot of people have an interesting NFL story but your the yours is is awesome. So you you from what I remember, you were going through tryouts and uh you had some time in between where the season was about to start or or after camp where you were about to open a gym where you were what was the timeline of all this so 28 2017 december 2017 i graduated 2018 um was that draft year you know um oh obviously prep for pro day and all that stuff and so um i got offered two rookie mini camps Uh, i actually got i had four offers rookie mini camp um but two of them i took one was from cleveland and i had cleveland tampa uh jets and chargers i took the cleveland and chargers uh rookie mini camps just from my agent at that time he thought well, those were the best situations for me to go to um went there thought i performed pretty well but those are if you're an undrafted guy that they're not really big on a lot of them might be like a kind of a favor for your agent um sometimes they're just kind of want to get an eye on you to say hey we had this guy in our facility. We might call over and put him on our short list so we can call him later during the year. Um, so went to both of those, didn't get called back for anything. I had, I had a tryout with Tampa in August of 18, um, and that was probably my worst worst tryout bet I could have had. I, had, I went, think I went for like six for six for 10 or seven for 10. Um, just bad day. Um they were looking at signing me like really, really bad that day, and I kind of shit the bed. So uh, that hurt because then obviously that whole entire season I was out, and um, I was—I mean, dude, I was bored. Like I was bored. <laughs> I, that was my first year in like 15, 16 years of me being alive that I was not playing sports. Like, mm-hmm. legitimately was not in a season of playing sports. It had been so long. I had no schedule. I had nothing. I And I was sitting there, and, and a lot of people that, that are trying to get into league, that people on the outside looking at don't understand. Like, you can't go get a normal job. Like, when you go to, to an interview, right. if I was just to go interview at a local whatever and be like, hey, I want to get a job here, um, they're expecting you to obviously stay on long term. I might get called by a team on a Friday, fly out on a Saturday, 
and then fly back like Sunday morning or Saturday night. Or mm-hmm. I can fly out that same Friday, get signed on Saturday, and then I'm on that team for like 17 years. Like you have no idea what the circumstances are going to be. <laughs> um, so I right. can't, I mean, I couldn't go apply for a normal person job. And then all of a sudden be like, hey, I'm going to be out. So I'll, I'm getting signed tomorrow. And then like two days later, look like an idiot because I'm back in the office. Like, yeah, so that position that I said I was out, I still have that. <laughs> uh, so the best situation, I mean, I want to be a strength coach uh, when football kicking wise is all over. Um, and so I just decided with one of my local friends to start a, a business um, called Under Pressure Training. We just train some local athletes in the area just to get them prepped for college. Um and so we're like an independent contractor. We don't have our own gym, so we just we work out of a gym um, down in Fredericksburg, our local area. Uh, we rent out the space just per session. But um, yeah, that was like the only way for me to think about making money, um, other than getting like a like a real like part time job, which I was like not about trying to get. So I was like, I got a college degree. I'm not trying to go work at like Walmart or something like that. I was like, I got to do something else. So <laughs> so then you get so then you get the tryout with the Panthers in uh in summertime and graham gano obviously has been you know a, a staple name in carolina and in the nfl for a while ends up getting hurt and you make the and then i'm turning on the tv i live in atlanta so i get all the all the all the conference games and you're out here doing you know customized handshakes with cam newton so you go from <laughs> starting your own gym to doing custom handshakes with cam newton I mean, it was a, it was an incredible turnaround so what about so you get into carolina in the summer and then how does that time? Yeah, go? so then so I was out the entire like 18, 19 season, and then I got lucky. Uh, I so January of nineteen, I was I went to a camp down in uh, like a kicking camp down in Mobile, Alabama. March, I went to another camp out in Arizona to try to just get some looks um, at that camp. The one in Arizona, there's a bunch of scouts at. I ended up getting a call from the New York Giants for a rookie mini camp. So I got offered another one, went up there, performed really, really well. I got signed. So the rookie camp was three days. I got signed on the Saturday or the Sunday of that rookie mini camp. I went home to get all my stuff to come back for like OTAs and stuff. And I come back on Sunday, Monday, we had a, uh, our first practice. Didn't, I don't even think we kicked that day. Tuesday, I was getting ready to go out and kick, and they brought me in and told me they were cutting me because they signed another person. So I was on that, like, 90-man roster. I was the 90th man on that roster, so as soon as they brought someone else in, I was the first one gone. So they told me, hey, go home, prep. We're going to try to bring you back for training camp. So that was May, like mid-May when they cut me. I didn't get called till July 24th. They call, or they called me on the, third, the 23rd and said, hey, we're going to bring you back out for training camps. So then I... Got on a flight, left the next, left that day, got up there, was there for three days. We had like four or five wide receivers get hurt in three days, and they had to bring in wide receivers to even field a practice. So then they cut me again. So when I got cut from there, that was on a Sunday, came home, and then Tuesday I got a call from the Panthers, came up for a tryout, got signed on Wednesday, and then. I didn't. I mean, I had no idea what the extent with Graham was. They had a kicker there. Catanzaro uh, was there the year before. Was filling in for him when he was hurt. Um, so I was just expecting, like, hey, like maybe they just want to save his leg. He's an older guy. They want to bring in a camp leg. I was like, whatever I can get, I'm going to take. Um, and then I figured that they might even just say, like, hey, kick throughout the preseason. Graham's not going to touch a ball through the preseason. He's going to get ready for the regular season. So I was like, if I can get film, 
that's like currency in the NFL. So I was like, let me just take advantage of this preseason. Um, and I started doing well enough during the preseason where I was like, Grant isn't kicked. I might just take the job here. Um, I know I was getting buzzed from a lot of other places, but I was just like, I don't know what the situation here is. But I figured, hey, if I just keep doing well, I'm going to be somewhere. Lucky enough to land with uh, Carolina and kept there through the season. And obviously they, they signed me back up for going into next year. I got to compete for the job, obviously. But um, mm-hmm. like I said, I, I, I got one year on my resume. So it's a step up on a lot of other people trying to get in the league right now. So. Everybody, countless people were asking. I don't want to. I want to ask in uh, in the letters to the lunch bureau, but tons of people were asking about what's it like to be in the locker room with Cam Newton. What is Cam Newton like? How did you guys come up with a handshake? What What was that one year with Cam like? So, um, that dude is hilarious. My dad is one of the funniest people. <laughs> just like his his presence, just being around him. He's just a funny dude. He's always uh, got a really really good attitude on him. Uh, so the first day I got in there, I was getting into my locker. I took my shirt off, and he saw the number six on my back. And uh, at the time, the back one of the quarterbacks that we had at camp was Taylor Heineke, kid from ODU. Um, and he was he was number six. So at first, he was kind of making fun of me because he thought I had uh, Taylor tattooed on my back. He's like, "Bro, you got a fan? Like this man's got you tattooed on his back already." So he was kind of <laughs> messing with me, and then all of a sudden, he's like. Started calling me Tweeter. He's like, yo, you know what you look like? You look like Tweeter. Soul Tweeter. So I was just like, at first I didn't know what he was talking about. I'm like, what's up? Like, who the hell is Tweeter? And then I was kind of looking through some stuff and I was like, man, Varsity Blues, that guy was named Tweeter. I look nothing like Tweeter from Varsity. <laughs> Let me have that first. I, he has no beard, first off, which is, but yeah, so Soul Tweeter was the name. And then, um, no, I just kept like, Always in the locker room, just say what's up to him, you know, just kind of got cool with them. And, um, and then during the preseason, he was talking about in that movie, there's the, the Twitter touchdown dance. And he talks about like in the beginning of the movie, he's like, when I score, I'm going to do the, the touchdown Twitter dance. And he did it. And it's like the little shake to the left, shake to the right, and drops the ball. <laughs> so Cam started doing that. And then we just ended up, um, I mean, he's, he's one of the most energetic guys on the, on the sideline and hyping everyone up. Um, hurt, not hurt, whatever the situation is. So um, it just kind of evolved into that. And he's, he's just a good dude, really good dude. <laughs> that's that's fantastic. Yeah. And then uh, last couple questions about the NFL. My most exciting moment, my most exciting like hell yeah, Joey moment is I'm a big Bill Simmons guy. And Bill Simmons talked about you on his podcast. They were doing um, Guess the Lines and then got into Fantasy. And he was raving about Joey Sly for fantasy points for 50, for like 10, 15 minutes. Um, but then I was kind of thinking about it, and that's got to add a whole new component to, to you know, kicking is a pressure position. And the fantasy, you have guys that are in California who don't give a flip about the Panthers getting angry or getting excited about kicking or anything. Do you pay that any mind? Uh, so I deleted my Twitter a long time ago. I actually deleted my Twitter after the, the West Virginia game my senior year because I was – awful um but uh no i really don't try to look at a lot of on my social media like that i'm pretty low-key on a lot of my stuff i don't i don't think i don't even get on facebook really even anymore usually just on instagram Mm -hmm. um but even that like people find people find a way to find you on social media just to say something um which is always just annoying but uh for me i just try to i mean I, i keep my circle pretty small so a lot of times it's um hearing the feedback from them talking to them about it but 
Yeah, man, you uh, you can make a kick and you can be a hero or a zero depending on if you're on a winning fantasy team or a losing fantasy team. I think some even like I mean I had this this a bad bad game this year against the Saints, but um, even some of the games I did well, I kicked perfect, but I may have only had like two or three PATs. I was still getting cussed out because I didn't score enough points, and I'm just like. I'm like I'm not the starting. I'm not Christian McCaffrey. I'm not running the ball every play. Like I'm, I'm just doing what they sent me out there for. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a give and take with it. But, um, I mean, I, I I didn't realize the scope of the. I mean, obviously the NFL is the National Football League. It's national. You know what I'm saying? But I thought I thought back in college, Virginia Tech's scope was pretty big. You know, not everyone knew about it. NFL is a whole different animal, man. It's a whole different animal. So, so Joey, as far as that goes, you know, you got people all over the United States freaking out. Yeah, I'm sure you got international people freaking out about fantasy too. Do you play fantasy football? Do people in the NFL have uh, have their own rosters? Uh, I don't play. Um, I think the last time we played Billy, I think we had a set up what like sophomore year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You just well for me like fantasy football is terrible for me because it'd be like one one o two on Sunday and I'm freaking out because I forgot to put my roster together because I completely forgot about it <laughs> so I haven't played in a while but um I, I think there are some guys they I think one of the guys on the team kind of joked with me it was like hey man like have a good game I got you on my fantasy team um like that was on the team uh but I mean I don't know if they're they're joking whether they're just just having fun but um. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how many guys on the team are, are setting together rosters and stuff like that. Um, but, no, I'm, I'm not a big fancy <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah, I got to say, I came, in, uh, I came in last place this year, uh, probably because you weren't on my team. But um, the punishment is to do stand-up comedy, and uh, I have not done it yet. I've been procrastinating it. And then this quarantine has been, uh, you know, it's very helpful for me so that I can just keep putting it off. But uh, yeah, what do you have to say to the hockey fans? Or the coronavirus is Pat. This man doesn't want to get up and do comedy. <laughs> Just to make sure you can get a coronavirus and start spitting everyone so they didn't have to do comedy. Thank goodness. Save me. But yeah, I uh, want to give you a big shout out for winning a lot of hockey fans' uh, fantasy games past fall, and I'm sure this next fall as well. Yeah. yeah I'm hoping to, hoping to help some people out or hurt some people, depending on who drafted me who didn't so <laughs> so before we get into rapid fire i just wanted to ask you a couple couple follow-ups who have been like the biggest influences on you since you've joined the league um whether they be other kickers whether they be coaches who has kind of helped you along the way um so the guy that's been there since like the beginning of me kicking um is a guy his name is paul woodside he's been my coach for since i legitimately started kicking back my going into my junior year of high school um, is when I actually like realized that this could be something that I would do. I realized I was five ten, uh, <laughs> hundred and eighty five pounds as a junior. I was not going to go play linebacker at Alabama, so I uh, started kicking, and he's been the guy that's been the go to. Um, and then my brother's, my brother AJ, his uh, friend Austin Creeb, he's actually the one that sent me to Paul in the first place. Um, he's been a huge, huge help in that aspect as well, but. Um, Graham, Graham's honestly been a, a really good uh, person to talk to, really good mentor. Um, he's been nothing but awesome to me um, being down in Carolina. Um, I've had guys like Robbie Gold, Jason Myers and stuff like that reach out to me, just 
talking to say what's up. Will Lutz is a really good dude. Um, you you kind of see the 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 group of guys that you get when you when you're warming up pregame. Um, you have a lot of the kickers come up and just talk talk shop. All the specials kind of meet up in the middle and just kind of talk about stuff. And it's cool to kind of meet some of the guys around the league and, and just talk to them about some of their experiences. It's it's real quick, you know what I'm saying? Everyone's trying to warm up real quick, get ready for the game, but. Um, it's just always nice to kind of talk to them a little bit and just kind of get some insight of what they do, how they do things. Mason Crosby is another good guy. Um, so, yeah, just kind of wouldn't really say a lot of people I look up to in the league, you know what I'm saying, just because we're all kind of doing our own thing. But definitely guys that have, that have shown me some mentorship is along the way for sure. Yeah, and then you mentioned Graham uh, being a, an influence to you, uh, you know, since being on the same team. But uh, Shane Graham is a Hokie yeah. who – that's made his way. Shane for sure too. Shane's been yeah. a big help for a while. In terms of how you're staying in 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 shape now, what what is your routine? So how are you staying in shape? How are you able to kick? Uh, are you able to find a field to kick at? Um, lifting weights. I mean, this has got to be driving you nuts. So it's actually not all right. So my quarantine, okay. yeah, my quarantine is pretty close to the life I was living pre quarantine. So. Uh, PQ, I guess we can call it. But no, we were, uh, we, so the gym that I worked at down in Fredericksburg, um, they can't have anyone there. It's just a little private gym. So I, I was talking to my girlfriend about this the other day. It feels like everything kind of happens for a reason. It was almost like I didn't get picked up in the NFL in 2018 to 2019 season so that I could work at a gym to have a gym that I could work at, work out at when the quarantine happened once I got in the league. So, um, I've been working out over there. Um, the the NFL has given some of the players a stipend to get some equipment. So anything else that I needed at that gym, I could kind of buy through the through the um, stipend. But uh, most of the stuff over there, I have. So I've just been I have no obligations right now. I just go to the gym, work out, um, come home. Chipotle still does delivery, so I'm been Chipotle up. I'm trying to get a sponsorship by them, so I don't have to keep paying them money. And, <laughs> <laughs> smart man and, and what, then, what is know, what is your chipotle order uh double white rice no beans double steak uh little bit of mild medium corn extra corn salsa cheese lettuce shake it up munch away <laughs> um all right so we're gonna move into uh rapid fire here um, this is brought to you by Sharkies in Blacksburg, where good friends go. As we've said the last few episodes, they're delivering beer, they're delivering cocktails, they're delivering food. So they're trying they're trying to keep up with Chipotle, but shout out to Sharkies. Here are the questions. Basically, I'm going to ask you a question first, and it comes to your head. And they're wacky. They're all over the place. What is your favorite hit or tackle of your college career? Um, the hit I had at ECU. Um, probably on the sideline when the t- entire team went nuts. Probably that yep. one. That was my yep. senior. Okay. That was right after I I broke the record for a field goal. Um, made field goals in a career, and Oscar came over to me and told me that, and I was like, Dude, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. I need to go hit this kickoff, and I was so like, <laughs> I don't know, I was I, I was like pissed about something, so I tried to like crush the ball at the back of the end zone, and I ended up squibbing it. And I was, I got, then I got so mad about that that I went down. Like, I'm just gonna kill this kid for picking up my my kickoff instead of letting it go in the end zone. So, <laughs> definitely that one. 
your Mount Rushmore of yoked kickers, excluding yourself? Uh, Janikowski's on there at number one. Um, I'm going to put Graham on there, too, because just in case he hears this, he always talks about how, how big his arms are, so I'm going to put Graham on there. Uh, I'll throw Shane on there, too, because I don't want him to feel left out. So we'll go Janikowski, Graham Gano, Shane Graham. And then, oh, I'll go Young. I'll go Greg Joseph. He was with me um, this past year down in Carolina. Um, he got me some sweet stringers for the weight room, so I'm going to put Greg Joseph on there, too. So, Florida boy. Okay. Favorite cheat meal? Oh, gosh. Oh, I can eat an entire quart of, uh, is it a quarter or a pint? Whatever it is, from Baskin Robbins, the Rainbow Sherbert. Mm-hmm. I can legitimately <laughs> the big ones that they sell. I can eat that entire thing within twenty minutes. So rainbow the sherbet, yeah, dude, it's amazing. Every you time, okay. Robin's got rainbow sherbet. Then I'm more. I'm a, I'm a Ben and Jerry's guy. I like it in the I like it in the pints yeah, of Ben and Jerry and just ben, that. Then it's a quart. I think it's a quart. Yeah, is it uh, okay? No, Ben. Yeah, Ben and Jerry's the tonight dough. I eat that a lot, but um no for sure the rainbow sherbet at because it's huge i can yeah i'm crushing <laughs> if you didn't play football what would have been your second sport toss up between baseball or soccer um yeah i mean, i had to give up baseball in high school um to play soccer because they were in the same season um but if I wasn't, I mean, I wanted to play professionally in any sport I did. So baseball would probably have to be the one I might have gone pro in if I would have stayed with it. Just because soccer, if I wasn't like eight years old and already in like England or overseas or something, playing in some academy, then I probably wasn't going to play professionally. So, but yeah, baseball or soccer. And we're going to roll into the uh, the quarantine edition rapid fire. Uh, so... First of all, we, we've been talking about food a lot. We got the Chipotle covered. We got the Rainbow Sherbet covered. But during quarantine, what are the sly snacks? Cadbury eggs right now because it's Easter, and those things are amazing, the mini Cadbury eggs. Or just Reese's eggs. They're the best. I don't know what they do to the – Fantastic. I don't know what they do so to the, the, like the egg or whatever, the Reese's cup, when it turns into an egg or a Christmas tree or something. But it tastes 100 times better. So those are probably my two, Cadbury eggs and Reese's. What show or movie or both are you just binging right now? Uh, so I watched uh, Tiger King. So I'm not embarrassed, but slight, slightly embarrassed to say that. Uh, I haven't been watching a lot of TV, though. So I watched the Tiger King. Um, but other than that, dude, I've been binging Warzone, which is bad. I'm playing on a hell of Call of Duty. <laughs> so bad. Are you a, a Spotify or Apple Music kind of guy? Apple Music. Apple Music. All right. Oh, music. two in a row. All right. So this is my problem with Spotify. If I say I want to listen to like Kendrick Lamar, I don't want to listen to stuff that might be sounding like or associated with Kendrick Lamar. I want to listen to Kendrick Lamar. Okay. So I don't, I'm not the type of person. Like if I want to hear like an album or whatever, I'm going right to it. So that's why I, Apple Music for sure. So it sounds like Apple Music is getting the Joey Sly sponsorship before uh, Spotify. What are you listening to? Uh, you got uh, Kendrick when you work out? Uh, I got a bunch. I got. I'm a big rap and R&B fan, so it depends on my mood. Sometimes I'll I'll throw on some like New Edition or Boys to Men during my workout, or I'm listening to like Chief Keef or Boys to Men. Yeah, man. 
Last question here. Sons of enablement. Other than working out and getting big, staying in shape, staying healthy, how is Joey Sly getting better? You know, you doing any reading, any uh, self-improvement of the like? <laughs> uh, not, a big, not a big reading fan. Uh, <laughs> I, I hate reading. <laughs> Used to love it because it was, like, competitive, but now, like, uh, way I'm getting better, training, obviously, um, kicking a bunch. Um refurbishing your gym for free Dude, i'm honestly been I, i've been researching these random looking like what? at trying to buy a house even though i don't even think i could buy a house right now bought a car um what kind I, of car uh tesla bought a Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, through a little stack on one uh, <laughs> yeah uh no, but then I'm looking at like there's like an Instagram page I found. It's called Garage Gyms. So I'm trying to persuade my dad right now to get his stuff out of the garage so I can put a gym in there. Even though I already have one, I just want to see if I can get another one going. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Business man, love it. Letters from the lunch pail. These are questions that we have had submitted to take us home here. First question we did them on Instagram and Twitter. I'm going to give you the ones that we got from Twitter. Mike D. What has been your favorite thing about living or playing in Charlotte so far? I live a minute away from Pinkies, which is like one of the really, really good spots around um, around Charlotte. So I literally live right behind Pinkies. Uh, so probably just the fact that I can like walk down and get some like pork tacos and then go home. So for sure, probably living by Pinkies. It's, it's Pinkies. Awesome. Char- a lot of, a lot of also, sponsorship shout outs. Charlotte's here. also like just an awesome area. It's like so, like living up by DC, you walk around DC and it just feels like dirty sometimes. Like going around Charlotte, just looks like they like took a big old brush and just washed it down every day. I don't know. It just looks nice. <laughs> the Queen City. Yeah, it's Queen City. Patrick Campbell, we already asked this. What is it like playing with Cam Newton? You said it. Funny. Exactly. He is as advertised. Yeah, and he's gigantic. Biggest dude I've ever seen in my life. Dude's legs, dude's <laughs> legs are gigantic. So it's not, it's not okay. Big, big dude. That's why the picture that I have of him, everyone was like giving me a bunch of crap for it, and I don't know how they took the angle of the picture, but I'm like eye to eye with him. That's not how it usually happens. I'm, I'm like usually staring like right at his sternum. Like I'm not that tall, so I don't know how they <laughs> took that picture. But that dude is gigantic. Steven Smark, how is playing in Lambo in the snow? Pack fan here, but was rooting for you while the snow built up on me in the stands. Uh, the atmosphere at Green Bay was my favorite place to play um, since I've been in the league. Uh, I mean, it's only been a year. I've only played a couple places. But that place was like a college stadium. That that was one of the coolest coolest places I've been. Um, the way the the way the whole entire setup is, it's it's sweet. If you have a chance to go to Lambeau, if you have like a one time to go to one stadium at one whatever um, – for right now, I'll say Bank of America Stadium because obviously we play there. But that, um, for sure, Lambeau is one of those places that you definitely should knock off the list. Wacky Wico asks this for every player that we have on. Do you have a favorite Coach Foo story? Or a Sheebus one? Or Oh, God, Sheebus, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Coach Sheebus comes in. This is, like I think, his second special teams meeting or something like that. This is right when it comes in. And, it, and like, you got to understand, like, when you're a new coach, like you're tr- obviously trying to set, like, the standard of, like, how you are as a person and, like, how you're going to coach and stuff like that. So when Coach Fuente's staff came in, like, it's, like, punched right in the face. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. So she was in his, in, 
his first meeting though, and if you met Sheebus, he was like, "Hey brother, how you doing? How you doing, baby? Love you, love you, all this stuff." Yep. The yep. first meeting, he just pops off it's like, "Flash flames, you gonna do this? You gonna do this?" And I'm like, "Whoa! Like, what happened to like, hey, what's good, baby? We're good." <laughs> so the second meeting, he comes in, he's talking about the wedge, and the wedge is the or the wall that's in front of the punter when like when Oscar's punting, there's like three people in the in the wedge that's gonna obviously block the defenders from coming in and getting them. So he starts off and he's like, it's real calm. Yeah. So we got three guys in the wedge. The person going to come through the gap and, and he goes, and then there's the wedge and you get to the wedge. The wedge is like, if, if a meteor was hurling towards the earth, it's either going <laughs> to bounce off or burn up. That's what happens when you hit the wedge. And we're all like sitting there like, what is going on? And I'm sitting there right next to coach Fuente. And Fuente is dying laughing. And everyone's just like, yo, what is happening? That was like the like one of the first like tone sets of Coach Chivas in the meetings. And 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 then he would always end some of his stuff with like, y'all looking at me like I'm crazy or something. Am I crazy? Like, do y'all think I'm crazy? And so when I'm sitting there hearing these things, I'm like, yeah, like partially. Like, I don't understand. Like a meteor hurling towards the earth is comparative to the wedge that we have on punting. The wedge on there's like the national defense like put up like ricky walker and like josh neisman and this gigantic wall in front of the earth just to have <laughs> meteors bounce off them i didn't understand what the the correlation was but um i thought the funniest thing is whenever we'd have uh we'd have to sit outside the offense would sit outside the meeting rooms when you guys had special teams meetings and we'd all be in the hallway and obviously like the day before game days you're supposed to be mad serious and like corn and foo would always sit next to the door and just laugh at anything that he was saying. He would scream, yell, laser pointing, spitting in between oh, like his sentences. So and then at the end he'd be like, and we'd we'd hear it through the wall. We knew it was time to stand up. He'd be like, All right, everybody, give everybody a hug. Hug your yeah. teammate. Hug your teammate. And then it was like, All right, time to go. <laughs> that guy that guy is that is guy is a complete different breed. Um Stephanie Gomez Wilson. No question. Just wanted to say thanks for all the fantasy football points last season. Always love having a hockey on my no roster. No problem. For sure. All right. We got four more here uh, from Instagram, <laughs> Joey. <laughs> so bear with us. Uh, last Cam Newton question from Jim Lenskold. Do you know what Cam Newton's hieroglyphic texts mean? He writes in the same – it's <laughs> it's the same letters. They just have some like – It is. There's just no space. Yeah, he just has some like – some little accents on them. It's just like he's speaking like every language in one language. It's, it's dope. I support it. I asked him the one day. I was like, bro, like, where'd you get the – he's got, like, his own app for it. Like, if you want to download his app or something, you can, like, get all of his text writing. So, hey, that's, oh a, my God. that's some advertisement right there. He puts it on every one of his posts. This, you're doing a great – you're setting yourself up for sponsorships. You're, hey, spon- you're plugging other people's hey, yeah. stuff. Hey, go download Cam – Cam Newton's Fig Newton writing or whatever you want to call it and get on with it. Oh, sure. That, that stuff looks sweet. Uh, Dougie Fresh. Oh, another another advertising plug. When will the stadium introduce Sly Fries and what will they be topped with? Uh, they should just be like bacon cheese fries with like extra bacon. Um, that's probably what I would go. I'm not a big condiment fan. Um, no ranch? No, no, Those would be no, great with ranch. No, All right. No. All right. So definitely just bacon cheese fries. Uh, what they should do is like take them and like make them a little field goal or something. Like with the whatever. Yeah. Like that, Billy? Look at this. 
This guy's an entrepreneur. This guy's going places. It's flowing up here. Y'all you already got me set. I might actually go go talk to them today about getting some sly fives. But uh yeah, I mean I don't I don't know when they're gonna introduce them. I'm hoping to get introduced again as a Panther this year, so that's that's where we're at with that. We'll have to uh we'll have to contact the front office there. Dave yeah. Naus. What is the best tailgate you have ever been to? Interesting question. When was the last time you went to a tailgate? Uh, I, I honestly don't think I've, I've gone to a tailgate. Like, I didn't. I played my entire freshman year, sophomore, junior, senior. 15 years of sports. And then, I mean, like, even when I've been back to tech, I've gone like two or three times back to tech, but like, I don't. I'm usually like at the, at the, um, the facility. I'm usually over at Merriman. Talking with most of the coaches, so I haven't really been. I, I, I'll tell you right now, I haven't really been to a tailgate. So, Joey, this fall or next fall or whenever we're going to be back in Blacksburg together again, uh, you got to swing by our tailgate. Last question here from Coleman Stewart: How many extra yards does the beard add to your kicking? Yeah, that's why I'm afraid to cut it. I think it adds like at least fifteen. <laughs> I don't know. If I cut it, like I feel like it, you know, like the hair. It's like a Samson story. Yeah, if you cut your hair off, you're going to lose your power. So the beard shall go on. I had someone – honestly, too, the reason why I keep the beard – I have a small chin. Like the, the distance from my lip to my chin's like weird looking. <laughs> it doesn't look right. So I got to keep the beard just to make it look like I got a long face. So I, I keep it on there. Joey, <laughs> Joey, this has been this has been fantastic. Um, to wrap to wrap up, we give you the opportunity. You've done a lot of plugging for other people's stuff. This is your opportunity to shout out whoever you want to shout out. Shout out anything you got going. Nobody has any events going on anytime soon. But do you have anything to plug? Anybody you'd like to shout out? Uh, dang, dude! Shout out, out your dog. Out you have the biggest dog I've ever over seen. Here studying, getting her grind on right now. She's got classes. I feel bad for her. Nerd. That's brutal. Um, yeah, I'd shout out. I don't know. You guys can shout out Brittany, and I don't know. Shout okay. Out Joey, thank you so much for your time, man. Do you have any? Do you know when you're planning to get back to Blacksburg? Or uh, so as of right now, the world's shut down, so I don't even know if there's a Blacksburg anymore. But when it comes back, um, uh, if we have another Thursday night game, I'm down. Whenever our buy is, if if it lines up, I'm down. But um, I was hoping I was. I wanted to go to that spring game. And then also we were I was looking to go back down for pro day and stuff like that, support some of the guys, um, and then go meet up with Fu and some of the NFL guys are going to be back. But uh, yeah, as of right now, I'm not making an appearance out of my house except for the gym and Chipotle. So there's only two things right now that exist in my world. Love the essentials. Chipotle, give Joey Sly the spots, the sponsorship. Dude, he deserves I saw, it. Oh, back uh, like five, six years ago, Bryce Harper said something about Chipotle, and they gave this man like a lifetime card to Chipotle. So, put. We're gonna do everything we yeah. can to get you the oh, lifetime card, Joey. Come on, Billy. <laughs> Joey, thank you so much. We're wishing you nothing but the best. Uh, you can check out uh, Sly Strong's link in the Twitter post. And uh, Joey, wishing you nothing but the best. Take care, Appreciate my friend. Guys. Looking to see you, see you soon. Billy will try to get you down for another game or something like that, for sure. Absolutely. See you soon, see my you friend. Go Hokies. <laughs>